Friday, January 12th, and welcome to episode 286 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm NSI Senior Fellow Morgan Vigna, and I'm joined here today by NSI Founder and Executive Director Jamil Jaffer, Deputy Executive Director Jessica Jones, and Senior Fellow Wester Munson. Today, we are foregoing a conversation on the Middle East, but I will note the multinational strike on Houthi targets, which uh, y'all should follow up on. But instead, we are coming closer to home and talking about Guyana, a country located just to the east of Venezuela on the South American mainland. On Tuesday, Venezuela's dictator, Nicolas Maduro, ordered the creation of a new state. He dubbed Guyana Essequibo. This follows a referendum last Sunday, which saw Venezuelan voters approving the annexation of land from its neighbor. The land in question is the densely forested and oil-rich Essequibo region and amounts to two-thirds of Guyana's national territory. Venezuela has long claimed the land and has chosen to ignore a 125-year-old ruling by international arbitrators that set the existing boundaries. As part of the creation of this new state, Maduro announced the approval of oil, gas, and mining exploration licenses, ordering the state oil company to create a special department to manage the activities in the region, which are expected to start immediately. Maduro has also asked Venezuelan legislators to drop a law banning the hiring of any companies that have not worked with Guyana in the areas of dispute and gave companies currently in the region three months to vacate. Measures also include a census of residents in the region in order to determine whether they should be considered Venezuelan nationals. Wes, you seem to know a thing or two about Guyana. What's going on here and why does this matter to the United States? Morgan, uh, this is entirely about the Venezuelan election that will likely happen in the first half of this year between Nicolas Maduro uh, and Maria Karina Machado, the opposition candidate. Right now, the Venezuelan opposition is united behind her. She's very popular. Popular. Maduro is very worried about this. So he's using this entirely fake international issue of the border with Guyana uh, to kind of change the dynamic inside Venezuela with respect to their election. Now, let's be clear. Most Venezuelans do think they own most of Guyana. So this is a popular move inside Venezuela. They've always thought they own the Essequibo region of Guyana, even though internationally, every single court has found in favor of Guyana on this question. So internationally, it's not a real issue. Uh, this whole move with companies and with uh, the census, none of that will happen. This is entirely about the election that is going to happen in the next few months in Venezuela. Uh, Guyana has made a mistake here in kind of engaging in conversations directly with Venezuela about it. That only makes this look semi-legitimate. I think that's a mistake. It is good that the United States is showing a little force uh, and allyship with Guyana. So is Brazil. Uh, but let's let's be clear here. This is entirely about the internal dynamics of Venezuela and Nicolas Maduro trying to hold on to power. So, Jess, um, I want to get your take on this as well. Um, it seems that Maduro is taking a page out of the Putin playbook. You know, why does why does Maduro think he can get away with this? I mean, to Les's point, this is probably political you know, posturing before what should be a presidential election year. But I mean, they might be calculating, you know, weighing the U.S.'s engagement when it comes to Ukraine and Russia, when it comes to the conflict in the Middle East, to our, you know, 
discussion of the South China Sea's tensions and thinking we're bogged down, not focused, and then seeing, you know, Putin successfully, I'll put in air quotes, do a land grab, that this might actually be an opportune time that they haven't had this opportunity before. The world stage has looked very different. So they might be actually, you know, preparing for something. Um, and I think, you know, the U.S. is probably wondering, you know, it lifted or it suspended sanctions in October, you know, a, a broad array of sanctions, which led the way to what should be presidential elections this year. And so, you know, at the time, it was like a successful use of economic tools, or some would, would say that. Um, and so we're probably wondering now, like, okay, <laughs> Jamil laughs at that, but I, some people would argue, hey, we got some things that we wanted, an election, uh, you know. What do we um, get? You've got opposition. We didn't get anything. Like saying they, they, they were allowed to run, international um, observers. But we're thinking you know, one month later, we see this referendum being called, and it's kind of like, great. So, you know, whether the U.S. might take a little bit, make some statements when it comes to sanctions, that would up the ante a little bit more and pressure on, on Venezuela. So, Jamil, turning to you, what what do you think this means for the region? Uh, I mean, as as Les noted, Brazil is quickly mobilizing troops at the northern border with Guyana. You know, clearly, no one wants war. Les says that this is election related. You know, how seriously should we be taking this? Do you think? I, look, I think we should be taking this a lot more seriously. I I think that this isn't just about election posturing. I think there's a larger effort going on here. I think what. Venezuela sees, and this is sort of related to the Middle East in the sense that, you know, just like with Iran, we hand them back sanctions, we give them back money, and they start acting acting badly, we don't do anything about it. Same thing, Venezuela's taking a page out of that playbook. They're like, look, we, we did this for years, the sanctions didn't work, we ignored them, we withstood them, now the U.S. is collapsing on the sanctions policy, let's go harass one of our neighbors. I actually think that the chances of Venezuela actually going into Guyana and taking their oil um, and robbing that for that sovereign nation, I think, is high. And look, the Venezuelans also have, a, have something of a legitimate beef here in the sense that they were not part of this 1899 arbitral award. In fact, they weren't allowed to participate. And so their point is, look, we've always had a claim to Guyana. We weren't part of that thing. This thing needs to be decided. And, you know, we're going to decide it with action on the ground. Uh, now, I'm not saying that Venezuela should or has a legitimate claim to Guyana, but they have a beef. And since they think the U.S. is is irrelevant, since our sanctions on, on Maduro didn't work, and then we collapsed and just gave him back all that money um, and, or the Biden administration, you know, here we are. It's no surprise, you know, once again, lack of U.S. leadership, lack of U.S. engagement, an, an inveterate uh, policy position, and our adversaries take advantage. I think I actually worry that we're likely to see something of a, of a military conflict between Brazil and Venezuela over Guyana or just the robbing of Guyana's oil by Venezuela. You know, I... I, I sort of take the middle road here. Whether this is uh, election-related brouhaha or, or not, I think it's important for the United States to, to play a role here. Um, I think the world is watching as the United States um, sort of shrinks from its leadership role in the region. And so this, this debacle is so close to home. I think it's important that uh, the United States stand with Guyana. Um, I understand that totally. we have sent officials down. Um, down there, uh, we're running exercises. I think that all of that show of force is is, is a positive thing, um, and it should continue. Um, this is an issue that, quite frankly, isn't going to get a lot of publicity out there, but it nevertheless could have larger implications for the region. So with that said, that is a wrap. Thank you so much to uh, Devlin Burning, Claude Jennings, and the NSI staff for their help in producing today's episode. We are off Monday for Martin Luther King Day, so join us again on Wednesday, January 17th for our next episode of Fault Lines. Fault Lines is now on YouTube, so check out our channel for a video of today's episode. If you like what you heard, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe.